Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is Joshua Gillow, and alongside of me here in Chicago, funny enough, is uh, Dwayne Drum. What's going on, Dwayne? What's going on, my man? Hey, the flying went down today. The weather was in my favor, and I pulled it off like it was like 10 takeoff and landings. Um, I actually went up yesterday and day before. Friday sucked. So I went one go around and the plane bounced around. I, I still I, I probably lost a couple caps in my teeth and I I, I <laughs> turned around and land and said, the hell with this, I'm not doing this. So yesterday I went up and I did like three or four. And for some reason, something in my head said, Dwayne, just park and go back. So today I went back up and spent about an hour and a half to sort of redeem everything. And they were all really good. One landing was probably bad. They probably got to change tires on the plane, but all the other ones were pretty good. <laughs> I suppose as long as you don't smash it into the ground, it's a good landing, right? <laughs> Hey, they. You know what the definition of a landing, a plane landing, is? People don't realize this, and I don't want to scare. I'm going to scare you for the rest of your life. And whoever listens to this, all a, a landing is is a controlled crash. What you do is you pull the, the. In order to get the plane to touch the ground, you got to pull the power back. The plane will fly at all times, but you got to pull the power back because you need it to come down. So you pull all the power back, and you're crashing, but you're controlling the crash. So you have all the rudder pedals, the ailerons, and it's almost like you, I, I wish sometimes that you can put a video on the person doing it because you're pushing the rudder pedals and the ailerons. It's all like um, it's all happening in unison at the same time, and you can't really explain it because even the the control are mushy too so i mean you don't really get full control so you're really going at it just to get it to land straight on the runway it's pretty pretty hard i guess the goal is always <laughs> to land it with the wheels down right <laughs> yeah 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 always wheels down don't let the wings touch <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's that's gonna be expensive i can imagine the insurance they have on those things for people especially you know people starting out and trying and whatever like i can't even imagine yeah that's why commercial pilots in the beginning they don't make much for like the first five years. I think they're like thirty grand a year for like the first five years. They're flying those big planes, man, and they make nothing because the insurance is so high. And after about five, then they'll shoot up to like eighty, ninety, and a hundred when they start when the insurance goes down. That's how bad it is. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Well, to segue into our topic today, uh, you know, we've been selling outdoor living now for twenty five years apiece now, and it's. In the very beginning, when you first start out, I know when I first started out, you know, I, I would look at each project, each client as a, kind of an island, if you will. Each is their own and and focus more on the, the money side of things, right? Be like, all right, now what do I need to do in order to, to have them pay me, right? In the beginning, that's what it is. There's not a whole lot of depth about it. It's more about how, it's about the transaction, I guess, at the end of the day, right? It's about how many transactions can I do in a year in order to make a lot more money. Hope like hell our expenses are lower than our selling prices at the end of the year. So we actually have, you know, a nice margin, but it's more focused on that transaction, and, you know, what we found in the beginning is with transactions, focusing on transactions only, it's you're, you're in a game of constant cat and mouse with your local competitors, 
right? You're constantly looking, your clients are looking at you thinking, all right, is this the lowest bidder? Is this the cheapest I can get this? Is this the, you know, it, it's typically only focused on the transaction. And what I offer today is an opportunity for you to think outside the box and start thinking about, instead of transactions, as each of your projects or clients is a transaction, think of it more as a transformation. So I'm gonna say that again. It's not a transaction that we're after here with our clients. It's a transformation, transformation in their life, a transformation in their backyard, a transformation in their family. Transformation is really the goal. So that's that's our topic today. We're going to talk deep into the transformation side and the contrast between the two. But Dwayne, what has your journey been along these these two topics? How has your journey kind of followed along with this? I really love this topic because I think every contractor unless they come in like an artist in the beginning they come in on a on a transaction process and not transformation but and then you can explain like you know there's a lot of these groups on Facebook and I see these guys doing stuff and they're using materials and I'm like I cannot believe you're using those materials and whenever I speak to them and I'll, I'll send a message hey great job but if you well the client didn't want that I'm like wow the client like what do you mean like you're the designer, you're the, and I'm slowly understanding that they're not at all. They're just looking for the transaction. They're looking for that client to say yes, to give them some money so they can pay their next set of bills. And that's what they're looking at every single day. And they're actually in a chasing process where they're chasing from one job to the next, just trying to get money to pay bills and do stuff like that. So they don't understand what I'm saying on the transformation side. But here's, I want to add to this, Joshua, is I think you yourself, the person, needs to live a life of transformation before you can even understand what the difference is of transaction and transformation. And, and, and like even our clients, like we've been in this, VizX has been in business eight seasons now. And I want to say really the past three seasons, we've really hit more of a transformation side of our business instead of transactions. A lot of it was transactions. Like, I mean, we've talked about my past. You got to pay rent, pay car payments, all that. So just go, 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 sign the contracts and do whatever they want and go from there. Now we're really standing on the growth and we're really standing on who we believe we are and what we can do. And we're forming a transformation business. No, exactly. And then you're spot on with that. And, you know, often in the beginning, when you first start, it's scary, right? When you first start a business, I know when I first started in the very beginning, it was my first business. So you know, as a family you get together and bring this business to life, it's like, all right, well, now we have to buy vehicles, we have to buy this, we have to buy pay for insurance, we have all these expenses, right? So it's a matter of now, how do we pay for all that stuff? And you want your clients to pay for that, of course, through your margins. But in the beginning, you just don't have the confidence yet. Most don't, you know, and they just go for the easiest path, which is the transactional side. They're like, you know what, I'm just going to go for as many people will say yes to me. And then I'm just going to do whatever they ask me to do, to your point, when it comes down to the, the selection of the papers or the decking or the whatever it might be, the overall design, they're just going to end up bowing to whatever the client wants. And the client's in control and you're basically working uh, under them you know, not with them. And you're, you're the hands, you're the skilled hands that are going to build their ideas. So that becomes very transactional because they can get any skilled hand that they can control, right? But when it comes to the transformation side, you've got to step out of that mindset and start thinking about how can I create an environment where the client works with us together, we're guides, right? But they come to us for advice. We're trusted advisors, not just skilled hands. Once you become a trusted advisor by adding tons and tons of value through your marketing and through all of your customer experience throughout, it starts to become much more transformational. 
And when it becomes transformational, now we're not talking about lowest bidder and competitive pricing and all that crap going on, right? All that stuff that, that keeps you up at night and makes you mad all the time when you lose a bid to somebody else for an extra $500 less or whatever the hell is happening. They start to see it as an experience, an experience they can't get anywhere else. They start to see it as a, a better value for their investment later on. But that value has to be very clear in the beginning. And you do that through good com communication in general, having systems in place, saying you're going to do something and doing it, right? I'm going to call you at 5 o'clock today and 5 o'clock on the dot you call them. You're building trust along the way. Then they start to trust you as you move forward. And then the transformational side is much more, much easier to achieve. But if you're the kind of guy that says, you know, yeah, I'll call you at five. And you, what you mean by call you at five is really I'll call you when I wrap up at the end of the day. And then it's 6.30 or 7 o'clock and you're like, where the hell is this guy? You're breaking trust in the very, very beginning. And they're not going to trust you later with 20,000, 50,000, 100. Or, there's no way. You, you've given them reason for pause and for reflection. And if you each time set an expectation and you deliver that expectation plus what they're expecting, you know, expectations plus every single time, you're not going to have a problem closing larger deals. You're going to have that transformation business you've always dreamt of. And you can name your margins and you can do what you want to do. But once you break the trust with a client, I don't care what goes on. They're not going to trust you as much because they don't they don't trust your word anymore. So if you're not part of our sales process, we tell our clients, you know, that we live and die by our word, period. It's part of our sales process. It's baked right in because it's part of who we are. Now, if that's not you, don't say it. It's that simple. But if you it is you and you do live and die by your word and you say five and you're going to be there at five zero zero, you're going to call them, then it becomes a trust building tool. And that's where the transformations can happen because of that. So, you know, you're looking for maximum impact. You're looking for someone to trust you along the way. If you want to be that trusted guide, right, the one they come to and ask, and then they say, okay, well, that's going to be the price. That's what they say it is, and off we go, right? So it is so important for you to build that if you want the transformational business, which for me personally fills my soul because I can see people's changing of their lives and the pictures from their, their weddings and the, the birthday parties and all that in the backyard that we created for them, right, with them on our journey together. So that's really the, for me, the meat and potatoes of this entire outdoor living world is, is that transformation. It means so much to me. That's actually a dope breakdown. You're, you're right about that. There's so much involved in this transformation process. And it also has a lot to do with your designability too. Like, like if you are sticking to your guns, you mean like above and beyond the sales, if you're sticking to your guns of materials and styles and the way things look, you mean when you're dealing with a client and they're looking for a price, you have to really grab down and, and be the man or, or man or woman or, or human being that you are and stand up to this is the material that we're going to use. This is what I feel is going to match everything. And I don't want to compromise on anything like that. And that's sort of that transformation process too instead of transactions. I mean, you really got to understand what you are and what you're doing. While at the same time, yeah, you definitely have to do that. But while at the same time, coming from the perspective of your prospect, understanding what they asked for. If it's just me walking in the room saying like, all right, guys, look, we already went through our discovery call. I know exactly what you're looking for. Here's what we're going to do. And they feel like they're they're on the, the Joshua show. You know what I mean? And like it's only his way or the highway. That's not going to work for most. But what they want is to have a conversation about it, right? They want to be guided. They only want two, three options max on certain things. Don't bring a catalog in and say, here's my Teco Block catalog. Here's my Tim Timber Tech catalog. You pick whatever material you want and we'll price it. Because now you're giving them a ton of work to do. And that's not transformational. That becomes very transactional. That's what most contractors do. 
Now, as a designer, you walk in there and you say, guys, look, you know, here is uh, three options I think are going to look best. Here's my number one recommended option. And you guys make a decision. Here's good, better, best cost-wise. And you can adjust this project up or down thousands of dollars based on these choices. To me, it makes no difference. I don't get paid a cent when it comes to this loyalty side of the world. And I don't know if you guys know this. And I tell this to my clients flat out, which gains a lot of value and trust. And you can only say this if it's true. And it is for us, so I can say this. We are not part of any loyalty programs. So a lot of manufacturers, they'll put out, and you guys know this, right? You'll you'll get a kickback from them either in points or money back or trips or whatever for selling certain products, right? And clients don't like that. They don't like that you're telling them about certain products because you're getting paid on the backside that they don't see because of that. So we are very clear with them up front and say, look, most contractors, they get these loyalty programs. They get kickbacks in the, you know, in order to promote the product. I'm promoting every single thing I'm talking to you about because I know in my soul it's the best, right? And that changes the game because they don't feel like they're being sold to. They feel like they're being guided. Huge difference, huge difference for adding value. Now, if you are part of a loyalty program, don't sit there and lie to them about it. You know, that's fine, but I've never been part of them because I feel like I am now handcuffed, whether that company has great product or not, I'm handcuffed to whatever they're doing. I basically have their name on my shirt, and I don't like that. I've never liked that. I've been fiercely independent my entire life. So with that being the case, that's been one of my standing points with clients is to make sure you know that because most of the time when if we do have competition that comes in and tries to sniff around or a client tries to get a, a bid from somebody else on a project, it doesn't happen often, but if it does... You know, I often ask them, well, do you know for sure that these people aren't on the, the, the take from this company that they're offering the materials for? Because this company, their, their materials are subpar to what we're offering. And I'm not saying that because I get a penny more. I'm saying that because I've seen their products fail. I've replaced their products because they're 10 or 20% cheaper. I don't want you to, to see you do that. I don't want to see you spend $25,000 less now and have to spend $50,000 more later because of this. And some clients will understand. And some shut you off because you sound like you're trying to influence them in a negative way for their own mindset because they've made a decision that transaction is more important than the transformation. And you can't always guide that with people, but it is so important for them to know you're coming from the very best, very best part, their best interest. Once you do that, game changed. They're not going to be going elsewhere because if they feel like they can get that elsewhere, then they would have gone there in the beginning. You know, Joshua, the good thing about this is, and this is what I've noticed recently, I think you've been a transformational company a lot longer than we have. Um, Like I said, we've been a transformational company, I want to say maybe two and a half, three years now. And I've noticed that the moment, and this was scary to do. I mean, you had to go to clients' houses and you see what's going on and you have to make the decision, am I going to say yes or no, even to the job? Like, you know I mean, like normally you go to the house, if they called you up, you go to their house, you're going to try to close the deal and do it. But now you're sort of evaluating, is this a project that I even want to do or not? And it's scary to do that, to make, to make, to become that type of company because you think you're going to run out of money or you think I have enough work. What I'm learning is when you become a transformational company, you actually, money is not your problem anymore. Like that doesn't even cross your mind. You have, you make, it's really on you to figure out what to charge and how to charge to bid and bid. But clients almost pay you whatever it costs to do what you need to do. What I'm learning is too, is it calms you down and it cuts the jitters back. Like we were talking before the podcast about the flying and you get the jitters. It calms these jitters down about trying to race to the next one. And you can calm down and really, really give your clients more attention. And 
I'm in that transition right now where we're slowly winding out of the, the transition clients and hit more of the transformation clients. I'm winding it out and I'm getting rid of those cost ones and, and dealing with the ones that want to be transformed. And I'm noticing how more comfortable I'm being even as a business owner, CEO, I can staff better. I can see the future instead of just chasing each transaction is, a, is the numbers, not transition, instead of each transaction back and forth. Absolutely. On top of that, it's a hell of a lot more fun, isn't it? When you got clients that are excited about this project and they're, they're excited about what's possible and they're open to the fact, and we tell every one of our clients on the phone before we ever go out there that our design is going to be over budget, flat out. It always is. So why the hell are we hiding it? Why are we trying to make it sound like we figured this thing out and every time we design something, we bring it back on your budget and then you love it and then we move forward in one step. It's not how this works. It's not supposed to work this way. And if it is, then you're not bringing big enough ideas to the table. That's the way I see it, right? You're leaving a lot of money left behind that could easily be brought to the table, a lot of value, a lot of comfort for that client to truly enjoy that space more out of the year. That just, I almost think it's lazy. So when it comes down to it, you say, look, How much value can I possibly put in this design based on what they asked for? I'm not here to sell them a bunch of shit they don't need. I'm not here if they didn't say anything about a water feature or pool. I'm not going to show them what a water feature or pool. I don't care. I'm not here to sell them things. I'm here to make sure they live with no regret. That's the number one piece. I want to make sure they never live with regret. And it is my job, my duty, my absolute must to show them what's possible to be comfortable out there. They will make a decision for themselves whether that makes sense for their family or not. But they will see it in our designs. Whether they asked for those comforts or not, again, within range of what they've asked for, it's got to be within that box. That's how that works out. So when it comes down to it, I tell every client on the call that we will be over budget. And I ask them if they're going to be offended with that. Will you be offended if we bring a design back that has everything you asked for, but was over budget? And then I shut up and listen. 99% of people say, absolutely not. That's why we're calling you. That's why we're calling you, but that takes you off the hook because most of us, for most of my career as a designer, I had the amazing problem of having much bigger ideas than the budget I talked about when I was with them. As I'm designing, I get these ideas and I'm like, this would be really cool. Again, within the, within the proximity of what they've asked for, nothing crazy here with, you know, adding water slides and things when I didn't want a water or a swimming pool or anything like that, or a water feature. So within the proximity of what they wanted, but the budget was always higher than I expected and they expected. And if you can't set expectations on numbers from day one, you're going to struggle later. Half your people are going to try to peel off at the end because they feel like you in some way are trying to take advantage of them because now they love something. It's just a human mental condition. So if you set the expectation of 50000 in the beginning, you deliver a design that's $50,000, you sell the project for $50,000, there should be zero pushback. Now, again, in a perfect world, I know there's human beings involved here and things change and emotions play and all those things, but that's the idea. You keep it as flat as possible across or you do 50,000 expectation, 50,000 on your budget study, and then the next thing you know, at the final proposal comes out at 49.5 or 48.5, next thing you know, you're like, they're like, well, yeah, sign me up, done. We expected this all the way through. But the problem happens with transformations is that we go from 50 to 55, they're on the edge there, to 75 when you drop it in their lap and they aren't expecting it. That's where trust is broken because they're like, he's trying to take advantage of me. He knew 50 in the beginning. I accepted 55 during the budget study side. Now all of a sudden he's coming back at 75. He must do that. He must not know what he's doing. Seriously, they must, or they're trying to take advantage of me. And instantly it gets spooked. 
Some people are flexible. Most get spooked at that point. So setting that expectation, why not say 75 in the front, 75 at the budget study, 75 at the end. But as designers, that's it's, it's not a perfect line. We don't build the same thing every time. So to do that, we're not selling widgets that it's always the same thing every time. So really it's a matter of, of shooting higher in the beginning. And if your client gets pissed off over $10,000 for a, a fictitious budget to start with, I'm never gonna hold you to, they always say, right? If they have five or $10,000 is gonna break them, you probably don't wanna work with them anyway because they're not being realistic. At the end, they're gonna try to shave you anyway, try to get down price, price, down, down, down. Pretty soon you've taken that design and you've gone back to a, a simple you know, 300 square foot paper patio after you went all the way to the moon and back. So that's a lot of wasted time. But my, my bigger point here is, if you release your obligation to sticking exactly to that number and tell them you're going to be over budget with design, but it's designed that way, that's exactly your intent. You'll get a budget study with the design. It's going to show you what different pricing is going to be. And you can make a decision for yourself and for your family on which of these key features are most important and going to give you maximum use and comfort. If you if there's something in there that you don't like, throwing it out, done. You're not, I might not have to convince me of it. I'm here to make sure you understand what you're doing because I understand you've only done this maybe once or twice in a lifetime. And I'm here doing it thousands of times in my lifetime and seeing the ups and downs and the good decisions and the bad. So we're here as guides. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to help you buy and make great decisions you'll never regret. Yeah, it's almost impossible to really to dream up a budget, the exact budget, because design and the number is emotion is the price that they give you is emotion or it's the the money that they have or what they're comfortable spending. And then what they want is not always in a design. We actually did pull one off this year where we were right on budget, right? And maybe they did some research and they studied ahead, but they knew what was happening. And it was a it's a beautiful project. We haven't started yet. Um, I can't wait to get it done. Like my contractor, he's excited to get into the job. And we were basically right on numbers, right on the money. And I'm gonna tell you, out, out of 100 designs, it, that happens once. You mean point, you mean five of the once. Normally everything is over budget or something different. Even when you're sitting down having the conversation with a client, you're like, oh yeah, it should be pretty good. And after you start designing, you're like, well, maybe if I do this here, put this here, put this here, you're like, oh, it's, it's there. We actually do the same thing. We discussed to everybody saying that we're pretty much always going to be over budget. But the great thing about our company, this is actually one of the bragging points I even say about our company, is the fact that we do do that budget survey, that budget study. And we put together those detailed spreadsheets. And we have three or four different lines, columns that go down with different better best scenarios. And I really love that about our company that we actually offer that. We're just not throwing an estimate at you. And here's the estimate. Here's what it is. We're actually putting together. And we even we even have a budget survey survey meeting where we schedule a meeting. It's about 30 to 45 minutes. And all we're doing is going through budget items. And we're going through this number. Okay. Hey, you don't want this. We can add, we can do the change of lighting to this, or we can add this. We could change this. You know, instead of having the veneer wall, let's go with the CMU Unilock wall. Okay. You don't like that. Let's do that. And we're looking at the cost models change throughout the process. And at the bottoms, it has all the totals. So even if we are over budget, we're gaining more comfortability and trust back from the client because they're seeing like, okay, this is over budget, but we're seeing what everything costs and they get to make that emotional choice of what they want or what they don't want and what serves the, serves them and their family the best way. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. They want choices, but they don't want too many. Like I said, two or three max. Don't get more than that or they're gonna be, they won't know how to make a decision. They'll sit there and spin their wheels in the mud. 
Because uh, the cool part about it, if you go from transactional selling to transformational guidance, right, and helping them transform their backyards, their lives, hell, whatever you're working on at that point, right? You differentiate yourself and your business from anybody else in your market because most are focused on transactions. They were taught about business. What they were taught about business is sell as much as you can for as much money as you can. They weren't taught, give your client the most value possible and they'll come back for more all the time and tell everybody about it. I mean, we get so many referrals throughout the year that we don't even ask for. They just say, hey, you know, I saw you working over here or I talking to them at a party. They love what you did. Come on out and give me an idea of what's possible. We really don't have any, we, we know what we kind of want, but we don't know what it looks like or how to put it together. That's our ideal client, right? And we had, I just had one Friday that called and he's like, you know what? I've been working with him for six years now on his property. It's a gorgeous property. One of our, our nicest properties we've ever worked on. And he's like, hey, I had two of my neighbors come over and take a look at the backyard. They love it. They're going to be reaching out to you. Just want to give you a heads up. You know, he just wanted a little spank on the, on the, on a, you know, a little tap on the back saying, thanks, you know, thanks guys. Thanks for, you know, I was thinking about you, you know, just uh, don't forget that I am thinking about you too. You know what I mean? So when it comes to things around a property, he might want a little extra this or that. And he's always been a fantastic guy to work for. So it's never been a, you know, a negative thing. It's, it's a great relationship, but you know, these things happen out of the goodness of your heart. These things happen when you're focused on the transformation. I was totally focused on transforming that property. And we absolutely knocked it out of the park, but you know, the fact is even six years later, he's still out there selling for us. Like that's the cool thing about that, because if it was a transaction, I said, look, you know, look, Sam, this is what it's going to be. You know, we're going to, this transaction is going to be a hundred thousand dollars for this space. And what do you think? And they're going to be like, well, here's a catalog. You pick your stuff. Tell me when you want to start. You get all your permits together. You take care of all that stuff. And then we'll, we'll kind of build what we have in this, this design thing that we put together on a cocktail napkin for you, right? They can't really see the vision and that kind of, that's what they're going to get in a transaction, right? And some people that's fine because they're coming in only looking for a simple deck or a simple patio, whatever, the simplicity side of things. You're not going to change their mind. Don't even try it. For them, it's all about the functionality and no more right? Because the bigger projects, a lot of these projects where you have the, the comfort side of it really being a driving force is the projects that are more emotional to the client where they can see themselves out there enjoying their life, their family, the time on this planet better because of the protections, you know, sun or rain protections or screens or whatever it might be. So they can go out there and enjoy their life more. They feel like they're a prisoner in their own house. So by getting them outside, they don't feel as guilty. They can sit outside and watch TV. They feel better about themselves doing that than sitting inside and watching TV because they went outside because being outside in the back of their mind is healthier than being inside, even though they're still being brainwashed by the machine. You know what I mean? So the point is, there's, there's something that's, that's all emotional. That's not practical. That's not logical. That's emotional. They want to feel better about themselves. So when it comes down to it, when we create these spaces for them to not just show off to their friends and family, but to go back there and, and realize how successful they truly are in life and how they've come a long distance. And this is, is like buying that, that fancier car that they've always wanted or going on that vacation that they always wanted to go on, but they can do it every day. You know, we had this concept of uh, 17 seconds to freedom, right? They just open up the door, they walk out, they sit down, and they're free, right? That's it's so simple. But those ideas for, for clients, you know, trying to minimize the obstacles in the way, huge staircases and things that are cumbersome that you'll not engage the space as often, you know, that's why we do so many seamless transitions and we try to hold our clients back. Like, look, guys, I know you might want to save some money. You can do that if we did a, you know, 10 step down staircase to a patio because you're at halfway between a first and second floor, right? So all these steps down and the cost of the staircase and all this stuff, all the step all the way down to a patio. 
And every time you run up and down those steps, you're going to hate it every single time, but it's going to cost you a little bit less money. So is money more of a problem here, like more of a focus, or is your enjoyment and the transformation more of it? So it went from transaction to transformation. It's the same concept again, right? But there are some people you cannot get that out of their head. They have it set, boom, in their head. That's what they want. For them, it is a simple fix. They don't want any fancy bells or whistles. And that's sometimes what you just got to deal with or you let them go and say, guys, look, that's really not what we do. We really are more focused on this the transformational side of this, this type of work. And I think to be quite honest with you, you'd be better served just working directly with a landscaper or a hardscaper or someone else, a carpenter or a mason, whatever it might be, doesn't matter, right? Get yourself out of that mix because those people are going to be a pain in the ass to work with. They're already telling you that they don't want what you do, but can you do what they want to do? Yeah, that is a part of having that transaction is really a part of something that you build a part of the sales process in the beginning the questions and asks and everything you build up and when you find out that that client just doesn't really want you for what you are it's so easy to just let it go because there's nothing you can do or explain from that point to get it there i've had several projects where i've i've went through the sales process I missed the the questions that explain that to me. And then you design it, you get there. And then next thing you know, you back down the design and you're down to this basic, basic thing that they could have gotten from the landscaper. And you're sort of scratching your head like, why did you hire me and pay me to design this just to give you what your local landscaper could have done, could have given you down the street? And like you said, there's nothing you can say to that particular client to get them to understand the transformation part. They're just looking at the transaction. I've learned to walk away. Um, anytime I've tried to push into that or try to make something happen, it just never works and it just never folds that way. And one, I'll, I'll let you drop on this. I used to work with the contractor and we did a lot of designs together. And anytime the homeowner gave a budget, um, he would stick to that number like it was like it was just a god. Like if they said they wanted to spend fifty grand. There was just nothing you could do to go over fifty grand. He just and it was like he would hold him back, like he would tell him, "Don't do this," or "Or I used to be broke, so I know what it's like to this." And he just keeps holding him back and holding him back. And I would draw these projects, and they would be sixty thousand or a hundred thousand. And and if I could just talk to them, I could create the scenario and the story and the reason why, and give the explanations and get them to understand. But he would just jump in before I could say anything and just dial it down and dial it down. I remember one project we were working on and the client wanted the whole project and wanted some lights and the lights were outside of the budget. And during the conversation, things was just pull the lights out of design. And I happened to be on the phone and I said, no. I said, don't even do the job if you don't do the lights. And it was just, there was just quietness. It was like, this dude is a really, like he's thinking like, I'm really about to mess this job up for him. And I just got quiet. And the client came back and said, yeah, you're right. Why would I go this far and not finish the lights? And I jumped back in and, and they figured out and locked down the deal. And that was one of those things where to add to this conversation on transformation, you have to stick behind your design and stick who you are and what you're going to do. Stick from what you talk to. Like I just told a client the other day, I sent you the email yesterday, and one of the statements that I put in there, and I, and I really love this statement, is that the design, he wanted, he said, well, you know, Dwayne, I want to get some other estimates. I want to get some other prices. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. But one of the things I want to make known is the design means nothing without the designer. And so if the designer is not going to stand strong and back his design, 
it's going to mean nothing. You should have just hired a landscaper to price their job and build it from there. So uh, we're in a really good position. And this transformation is, like I said, it's sort of newer to me. And I'm really enjoying the space. And I'm actually really enjoying going to work. It's not as stressful as it used to be anymore. No, totally. And we've been doing, we were one of the early, you know, people in the whole transformational selling side of things, you know, reading a lot of, a lot of books. And I probably at least 12, 13, maybe even 14 years ago, started the transition, my old company over to that. And now with Master Plan, you know, it's always been the secret sauce throughout is this transformational guidance through the process, right? So it, it just brings, it feels best to me. And I know clients get the very best from it. We also get a lot better results from it and a lot more leads from it and a lot more everything. I mean, it's a win-win for every single person involved, right? The contractors that come in are, are special uh, specialists and partners. They love it because it's a new project each and every time, new challenges. They love all of that stuff. But if we get the same thing over and over and did tra transactional selling throughout, they'd be boarding off to something else where it was actually uh, a lot more uh, challenging because everybody wants to challenge. Everybody wants to grow, right? And if you do the same thing over and over, the same 600 square foot patio, different shape every time, your guys, people you're hiring, everybody around you, you're going to get bored out of their friggin' minds, right? It just, it's no fun to do either. And it's a job, right? So if you want to, it's not even the transformation to your point in the very beginning. It's about transforming yourself and transforming your company. And if you have transformational guidance and selling, the next thing you know, everybody's happier because it's a new fun game every day, right? So that's a huge piece to all of this. But you know, I think to wrap it up here, it's more about, you know, thinking about how your sales process is in place now, not even the, the physical step-by-step -step process, but thinking about what makes you get up in the morning. What are you excited about in the day? You know, if you're anything like me, I don't want to get up thinking I've got to put in or, or guide or design five, you know, 500 square foot patios today. Like that would be mind numbing to me. I would not be able to do it, but to think I need, I not need, I get to design five backyards that are going to transform these people's lives. I'm not held to a budget. I mean, within reason, of course, because I've already told them that, that my designs are going to come in over budget, but I'm going to give you the very best solution back there, right? And come up with the best idea and transform that space based on what they've asked for and what their emotional drivers are. We learn that in our sales process. You know, my students all learn that to make sure they understand what's driving this process so they can design this thing that it, re that it reflects all of that, right? So, and then being able to present that and seeing the the excitement in their eyes and the lights come on and the, the I love that part, or hey, can we adjust this? Can we flip the grill to this side? Can we do those things? It, it becomes part of a conversation and nothing lights me up more than being able to see that happen and now being able to, or now being privileged is the better way to say it, to have a team that does most of the design work, you know, here at Master Plan, it has just been such an honor to be part of that with them and to see them get that same feedback from clients through the process, through the way we handle this transformational selling focus and to see them growing is just, it's humbling beyond words. And it's all possible. I used to be a transactional seller. I have been transformational now for a very long time and I have no chance or no choice, no want to ever go back and to spin back in the transactional, it feels very, it just doesn't feel good at all. The transitional side or transformational side is much better. Yeah, it's just not who we are anymore. And I, like I was explaining in the beginning, it's really who you become. So, I mean, when you turn into a transformational business, you are transformed as a person. And, and when you become transformed as a person, all you want to do is transform everybody else anyway. It's sort of an addiction too. So great topic today, Joshua. I mean, this was really, really on my mind last week. I had a couple clients I was dealing with and I had to explain to them the transaction and transformation side and get them to understand. One, I was able to reel in. The other one didn't understand, which is great because it's who we are and who we're becoming out of business. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. 
So guys, you have a choice to make. Are you going to continue selling transactionally or are you going to start transforming people's lives? That's the answer only you can figure out.